today is week three. We're not in a series right now, but basically what I've been trying to do for the past three weeks is really just let you know what our heart is, what our hope is for you, why we're here, why we have come to plant a church in Nampa, Idaho, in Canyon County, in the Treasure Valley. And our whole hope has been what the four things were on the screen were, what I just talked about. And we covered that in week one. Last week, we also kind of took another step. In that step last week, I talked about how each one of us were called and each one of us are chosen by God to be a minister. Like, I'm not a minister, you're the minister, Rhett. No, God's word specifically taught us how each and every one of us, according to God's word, that we're called to be a minister. We have a specific purpose at an opportune time to make an eternal difference. So we talked about that last week. Today, if there was one important thing that I really want you to come away with today, it's this. It's relationships. Everybody say relationships. Relationships. See, your relationships shape you. See, you're the sum total of your relationships, whether good or bad. You are who you are and you are where you are today based on the relationships that are in your life. Relationships are important, so much so, curriculum never changed my life, a pastor never changed my life, a church never changed my life, but my best friend, who I grew up with, his relationship in my life changed me. It was him. Him and I used to do some stupid stuff. Anybody done stupid? Am I the only one here? Okay. No, you don't have to raise your hand, but we did some stupid stuff. I was born and raised in Birmingham at three-year-old, at three, my parents got a divorce at seven, my mom committed suicide. From seven to 16, I was just all over the map as a preteen, a teenager, not knowing my identity, not knowing my calling, not knowing my purpose. I got involved in some stupid stuff, but if it wouldn't have been for my best friend, my best friend went to a youth retreat chasing some girl, but he came back with Jesus, <laughs> and he didn't want to do stupid with me anymore. I'm like, what's up with that? But his life was transformed. There was joy. There was peace. There was something there. And I was like, man, I don't know what that is, but I think I need it. I want it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it was the relationship with him. God did a work in his life, and his relationship impacted my life. And I'm here today. You're here today on whatever part of your spiritual journey you're on. We're all on a spiritual journey. Whether you know it or not, you are on a spiritual journey. And relationships, good or bad, impact us, and they're important. We've all had bad ones, right? We've all had pain. Every single one of us, if you're over the age of 10 years old, has had some pain, has had some death. Maybe you've had broken, wounded relationships. Maybe there's been people who have hurt you in significant ways. And we've all had those bad relationships. And I believe, because we've all had these bad relationships, myself included, okay, myself included, I feel like most of us come to the conclusion, you know, that the most important relationship in my life is me. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of being walked on. I'm trying to be stabbed in the back. I've tried it. So you know what? I'm just going to take care of me. That's the most important relationship. So we do that, and we find ourselves making every single other relationship disposable. We look at our marriage as disposable. We look at our kids as disposable, we're looking at those family members that we're going to be hanging out with coming up in November and December. Like, if you cross the line, brother, I'm cutting you off. Like, we, we done. Well, like, boss, I love you and I'm loyal to you, but if, even if you cross the line, boss, 
I'm out. We get in the attitude of just, it's going to take care of me. It's going to take care of mine. I want to tell you something that's true. We live in a time now that I believe we're surrounded by so many people, but yet we're still all alone. If you don't believe me, I'm sure most of you have Facebook friends, right? You can look at your Facebook friends, your Instagram, your social media, and you're thinking, man, I got all these friends. But what happens when you go through something and you need to actually pick up the phone and talk to somebody? It's like, how many of those do you really have in your life? Not many. But man, Facebook tells me I've got so many people. I'm surrounded by so many people. But yet, I'm still all alone. And listen, we do this. We naturally do it as trying to protect ourselves. We think it's actually going to help us, but in turn it actually ends up hurting us. I want to show you a verse in Scripture. This comes out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 8. And this is written by a man who is considered to be the wisest man that has ever lived. Okay? That's just not Bible. That's like truth. You could do studies on it in history, and everything would show you that history teaches us that this man named King Solomon was the wisest. So if there's the wisest man in all the planet that stood here today right here, we would want to know some of his wisdom. I would. So this is what he's telling us, as if he were here today. He said, hey, listen, there was a man all alone. He had neither son, he had nor brother. There was no end to his toil. In other words, life simply did not work out for this brother. He was trying to make life work without relationships. He tried everything that he could, even including his wealth, but yet his wealth, he never found content in it. He was never fulfilled. He tried to find it in all things, but he couldn't. Why? Why couldn't he find satisfaction? Why was there no end to his toil? Why did not even money and the things of the world that was at his disposal not bring him happiness? I'll tell you why. It's because relationships, we, you and I, sir and madam, we were designed by God to be in relationship. And that's why it's one of the most important <laughs> decisions of your life. So my goal today, you guys, is very simple. I'm just trying to convince you how important they are. I'm trying to convince you today, through God's word, that life change happens in relationships. And some of us have them in our life, and some of us don't. And it's time for us to get our life back in a healthy way, relationships. Now, here's the thing. I know what you're doing, because I would do the same thing. All of a sudden, I'm talking about relationships. You see where I'm going, and you're like, well, wait, wait, wait. You all of a sudden, you're going to throw me some excuses of why you don't need to be in relationships. And I love exposing excuses. I love it. So I'm going to start here today. I'm going to start by exposing five excuses that all of us have had at one time or another, and some of us may have had today. We have message notes in your worship guide. We believe that taking notes is important. It helps you remember, number one. Um, but it's important. So if you hear me mentioning blanks and take your pen and fill it out, I'm referring to the message notes that are in here. So take out your message notes, take a pen, and then the first blank of an excuse, write this word down. Naivety. Naivety. It's funny, last night I was like, how do you even pronounce that word? Is it naivety? Is it naivety? I had to Google it. <laughs> so how do you say that word? 
I Googled it, and I was like, tell me how to pronounce this word. It's naivety. It's like, in other words, well, you know, I didn't know that relationships were important. No one ever told me that before. Here's the thing. Write it down. Put it in the blank. And now you can no longer use that as an excuse. <laughs> no longer use it naivety, right? It's like, we don't need to leave, live naive. I'm telling you, you can't handle life by yourself, you guys. See, men, come on, man, where you at? You know what's up. We don't need nobody. We got it, man. We're good. Come on. I'm a man. I don't need anybody. Guess what? You're naive. You need relationship. I love his story of Muhammad Ali. Anybody know who Muhammad Ali is? The champ. Greatest boxer on the planet, according to his lips. Probably was, though. Float like a butterfly, sing like a bee. Like, the man was amazing, right? Muhammad Ali, was, this is hilarious. This is, I love this story. He was in an airplane, right? Man that's got it. He doesn't need anybody. He's tough, right? He's sitting in the airplane. The flight attendant says, uh, Mr. Ali, we need you to put your seatbelt on. He didn't want to do it. He's like, man, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And I love the <laughs> it's so funny. This flight attendant, she was witty. You know what she said? She's like, well, Superman don't need no plane either. Buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> Come on, man. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That is funny. That's awesome. You're not that tough. We all need somebody, so don't let that be an excuse. Number two, excuse. Second one, it's temperament. Temperament. In other words, Brett, man, this is easy for you. You're outgoing. Relationships are probably very easy, but you don't know me. I'm shy. I'm bashful. Don't do well large crowds, and this whole idea of small groups and going to somebody's home and knocking on their doors, like, man, that's weird for me. Hey, guys, look, you ready for this? Here's some great spiritual wisdom. You ready for this? If you're using the excuse of your temperament in the most life-giving, loving, grace-filled way that I can tell you, just get over it. Just get over it, man. Get over it, right? Just get over it. Listen, we need relationships. Is it tough? Yeah. Is it awkward? Yeah, it is awkward. But please, please, never let that be an excuse. And this one always tends to lead us to excuse number three, which is number three, fear. It's like, man, I'm afraid. What's going to happen? If I go to a small group or get in a relationship, man, because you Christians, you guys are weird. It's okay to talk. We're weird, all right? We get it. it. It's happened, right? So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, if I go to somebody's house, I show up, I'm going to walk in, there's going to be a circle of chairs in the big, in the middle of the room. And then there's going to be one chair in the middle of all those chairs. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, if I show up to that, that chair is for me. They're going to put me in that chair. They're going to light a candle, light some incense, play some weird music. And then they're going to pray for me and ask me to confess all my sins and repent and cast the devil out of me. <laughs> Ain't going to happen, y'all. <laughs> That's not what's going to happen. <laughs> and then you go to the kitchen, right? You want to get a drink, and guess what they have? The only thing they got to drink is what? Kool-Aid. <laughs> Confirms every one of your suspicions, right? <laughs> every one of them. Oh, that's not the case. It's not going to happen. It will not happen. You know what actually goes on? In fact, the very opposite is, is true. You'll discover that 
when you get into a place of relationships, you're going you're to get into a place where, there's, where you can share and there's no judgment. You're actually going to find people, believe it or not, who are going to love you and say, yeah, you know what? I got that too. I deal with that. Listen, I just turned 41 this year. And don't let this jacket and, like, white shoes and black jeans fool you. I'm 41, okay? I'm trying to, like, look like I'm 20, but I'm not. What happens when you get older, right? You start feeling things a little bit different. You start noticing things. Your body goes through changes. I'll spare you the details. But I find myself getting in conversation with people who are a little bit older than me, and I hear them talk. I'm, like, kind of easier. I'm like, oh, what they talk? Yeah, like, I've got that, too. Yeah, my knee hurts. Yeah, when I bend over, I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> Jesus, I'm making noises. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm going, yeah, I got that too. I can relate. I understand what's happening. And so even as just in life, I'm like, yeah, I got that. That's, 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 that's the beauty of relationship is you get to a point and to a place where you're like, yeah, I got that too. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. It's all, it's beautiful. It says, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. You see, that's what you'll discover. If you're afraid of what might happen, let me be very, very clear. One Life Church, we are not filled with anyone who is perfect, including me with a microphone on this platform. You'll hear me say this a lot if you <laughs> say, I got issues. You got issues. The person on your road's got issues. Your mailman's got issues. Your boss has got issues. Your cat's got issues. Your dog, it's perfect, okay? <laughs> but your cat definitely got some issues. We all got issues. And for those that don't think they got an issue, you guys, that's their issue. It just is. So it's time for us to stop pretending, to pull the mask off, and just to be real. And to open up and stop acting like we got this whole thing figured out because we don't. I like to tell people this, like, you know, I've been serving the Lord for over 25 years, and uh, I don't have this thing figured out. I don't. If you're looking for somebody who does, I'm sorry, because I don't. I tell it like this, it's like, we're all in this hospital together. Some of us have just been here a little bit longer than others, okay? So we're all going through stuff. And we all need a place. Why do we need this? Because we all need a place we can be honest. We all need relationships to the place where we can get, we go, you know what? I am mad. Sister, I am mad. Brother, I am mad. I'm hurting. I need some help. And we all need a place. God's designed it this way, you guys. You know, naturally, we don't like it. But God's designed us for relationships, and we need a place where we can be honest. Where we can find somebody else that can go, you know what, Rhett, I get it. I've been there. I've dealt with that. And let me tell you what God has done in my life to help me overcome that. That's the beauty of relationship. That's why it's important. Fourth excuse. Fourth excuse people tend to give why they don't want to be involved in relationships is because past experiences. Write that down. Past experiences. See, something's happened in the past. It's burned you. Something's happened, and it's hurt you, and you've just decided to come to the conclusion that you don't want to be involved in that anymore. I want you to hear something that could set you free today. I want you to listen, all eyes here. I want to tell you something that could truly 
set you free. And that is the pain from that relationship, the hurt, the wound that you've experienced. Whether it's divorce, whether it's a job situation, whatever it might be, I want you to know that that thing between you and that other person, it was never just about you two. It was never about you two. Like, the issue that you're dealing with and that you're going through has never been about that person. So you need to know that you have an enemy. His name is the devil. We all have heard it. He's real. Heaven and hell are real places, you guys. They are. The devil's real. You have an enemy. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he has a plan for your life. And his plan for your life is to harm you, is to hurt you. And so what he's trying to do is take the one thing that God created for you to bring health, to bring life, to bring joy, and he's wanting to distort that, to hurt that, and make you experience such hurt, such pain out of one relationship that you never get involved in relationships down the road. In other words, the devil's looking down the line. He's not just looking at you and the other person. He's looking down the line. He's hoping he can get that so messed up to where you close up, isolate to a place you never step out again into relationship. Why? Because the devil knows the power of relationships. And if he can get you away from building relationships in a life-giving way in your life, he's got you right where he wants you. Because he's got you disconnected from the source that God intended for us to have to live in peace, in joy, and to find healing from our past. He has. And I'm telling you, this would set you free. The thing that you've gone through, that hurt, that wound, was never about that person. Never. It was to get you disconnected from relationships. It was to get you disconnected from it. Some of us just need to get to the place today, and my prayer is that we'll get to the place we can look past those issues and let God heal us. Because you know that's what God does best. He does. He's good. He's loving. He's caring. He cares a lot about you. You know, you were created in the image of God. You, sir. You, ma'am. Who, me? Yeah, you. When God looks at you, he sees himself, you guys. Because you are a direct reflection of who he is. And you may not feel that way. You may not think that about yourself, but the truth is, you are. You're created in the image of a living God. That wasn't in my notes, but somebody needed to hear that today. God loves you. He cares for you. Relationships are important, and in order for us to get to a place of healing in our lives, we have to have relationships. So let's go into this fifth excuse. The fifth excuse, this is the last one, is busyness. Write that down, busyness. And if I, if I had one, one excuse, this would be it. Because I got a lot going on. I know you got a lot going on. You know, I'm married. I have a son. Just planted a church. Never done this before. So there's a lot going on, if we're all honest. But most of us would say that our time is slipping away from us. It's like we're giving it to things that at the end of the day don't really matter, right? Have you ever found yourself doing that? It's like you've gotten to the place you're so busy, you just don't have any margin. There was a time in my life people like, hey, Red, how you doing? Man, I'm busy. Like, what are you busy from? <laughs> I'm just busy. Just busy from being busy. I don't even know why we're busy. We're just so busy. 
And a lot of us have this excuse. And the Bible talks a lot about this, actually. It talks a lot about using our time wisely. It's not in your notes, but it says, be wise in the way you act toward one another. Make the most of your time. Psalmist David said, teach me, O God, to number my days and recognize how few they are. Teach me, Lord, to spend them, my time, as I should. You know, the truth is, if we should fit anything into our lives, it should be relationships. Because relationships shape our life. It makes the most of our life. And they encourage our life in every way. You're going, well, yeah, Rhett, that's great and all, but that's just your opinion. That's just your opinion. Well, let me show you what God's Word says. You guys ready for this? Let's take a look. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Two words here. Above all, dot, dot, dot. Can I just give you a little Bible reading tip right here? Anywhere you see the two words, above all, slow down. Because what's on the other side of that above all is extremely important. Now, every word of God is important, and every word in the Bible is flawless. But every once in a while, you'll read something that says, above all, slow down and look what's on the other side of that. So let's look on what's on the other side of it. It says, above all, dot, 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 what does it say? Love each other. In other words, love people. Isn't it interesting <laughs> that right and above, above all, God goes directly to relationships? He goes on to say, love people deeply. Because why? Love covers a multitude of sins. See, love covers the fact that you could find yourself in trouble at some point. And if you're not protected by relationships, you could end up on Shark Week as shark bait like I almost was. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. My wife and I, every year, you know, in, in Idaho, you hear somebody say, hey, man, we're going to the coast, right? I always just tend to thought that that meant the Gulf of Mexico because I lived... Grew up in the South. Every time, every year, we'd go to the beach. And so I grew up going to the beach every year. And so, I was like 37, 38 years old. I'm 41. So every time I've gone to the beach, I have never once in my entire life seen a shark. And I'd go like every year, two or three times. So I'd grown pretty comfortable to the fact that, hey, the ocean's a safe place. <laughs> and so one day, my wife, my son, and I, we were on this just, we lived pretty close to the beach, and we were there hanging out, and a beautiful day, white sand, come on, I'm painting this picture, we all want to go there right now, right? White sand, beautiful water, everybody's out playing in the water, waves are coming in, I'm out there playing with my son, well, all of a sudden, I hear this commotion kind of behind me, and it's my wife, Linda, Red! like, I barely hear it, you know, I'm thinking, uh, shark, I'm like, shark and I I look back and my wife is screaming she's pointing down I promise you it's just like jaws fin comes up out of the water it's coming parallel right over to me and my son now I know Jesus walked on water and I know Peter walked on water I'm the third man I didn't walk on water I ran on water for the love of Jesus I ran I grabbed my son we were out boom got out of there you think I was pretty glad for an important relationship in my life at that point to keep me from what Shark bait. Ended up on Shark Week. Didn't want to be one of those stories. Relationships are important. See, God designed relationships so that you could have people that can, what, watch your back. Watch your back. 
to make sure you don't end up on shark week. That's why you need it. This verse goes on to say, so offer hospitality to one another. In other words, get in a small group so you can work out your issues and find freedom. It says, do it without grumbling. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, man, he should do it as speaking the words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things, so above all, so that in all things. So above all, we're going to love people. We're going to do relationships above all, so that in all things, in all the people stuff, all the work stuff, and all the relationship stuff, so that God can be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And everybody said a good amen. Amen. I taught this two weeks ago. It comes out of James chapter 5, verse 16 in relationships. God, we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to people for healing. James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And it's not talking physical healing there. It's talking about internal, the issues of life, the heart issues. So God is designed for you, sir, man. God's designed for you to find healing comes through people and relationships. And it's important. So now that we've established the fact, I hope, of how important relationships are, what's our decision? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? I believe there are four decisions, you guys. I believe there's four decisions that we need to make, and I'm convinced. Now, some of us are here today. Maybe we don't need to make all four of these decisions, but I believe each one of us here today at least have one decision that we need to make. And here's the first one. You ready for this? Write this down in your blanks. The first one is, I'm going to decide, here it is, to, first blank, nurture my important relationships. I've just got to make the decision. If relationships are important, I've got to get to the place where I'm going to decide that I'm going to nurture my important relationships, and we all have them. I've got critical ones. God has made me a husband. It's pretty important. God's made me a dad. Pretty important. God's made me a pastor. It's pretty important. And each one of you have critical relationships in your life. And here's the reality. You ready for this? Every relationship happens on purpose and not by accident. Every relationship happens on purpose and not by accident. In other words, we can't leave things where they were and expect that they're going to change and get better. Well, it should. No, it just doesn't. It can't. Every great relationship happens on purpose, not by accident. Here's an example marriage. Man, when I first fell in love with my beautiful, hot, smoking wife right here on the front row, she's a Texas girl, man. You know you got to do something right if you marry a girl from Texas because they got pride issues and they're proud of their pride issues and they'll never leave Texas. But, man, when she met me, brother, come on. She's like, I will go with you anywhere. That's just a joke. You guys can laugh. I'm really not that cool, okay? <laughs> she's amazing. She puts up with me. But what did I do in that moment? Man, I was like, man, this is the hottest girl, so amazing. I want to marry this girl. I'm going to want her. I'm going to don her. We're going to like just, I mean, we're going to, we're going to just pour into this thing, right? When we get married, what's the first thing that we naturally tend to do, guys? I got the girl. I ain't got to do none of that anymore. 
and sit back, put this thing on cruise control, and we're good. But the fact is, you can't do that. Marriage and relationships are a four-letter word. Come on, don't go there. That's bad. W-O-R-K. What did you think I was going to say? Work. Relationships take work, man. You cannot leave things where they were and expect them to get better. Relationships don't happen by accident. They happen on purpose. You know, the Bible is very clear to us. He uses us. I mean, not uses us. He, he, the Bible depicts and uses this analogy, if you will, of you and I. It says that we're like body parts, right? Compares us to the body of Christ. So some of us, depending on our gifts and abilities and, and what God's given to us, maybe some of us are a hand, and, and then some of us might be a forearm, some of us might be a shoulder, right? And he's saying that we all work together, right, to glorify God in what we do and what we're called to do. But what's important isn't just the hand, isn't just the forearm, it's the connecting tissue, it's the ligaments, it's the, it's the sinews, if you will, it's the things that tie the hand, the forearm, and the shoulder together. And what are those things that tie and bind that the Bible talks about? Well, it's relationships. Those are the things that keep us connected. Those are the things that keep us growing. Look at what Colossians chapter 2, verse 19 says. It says, the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. It's not talking about, it's referencing your physical body, but it's also using the analogy as far as you, as the body of Christ, as Christians, as those who believe in Jesus, saying we are supported, we are held together by ligaments, by relationships. And God causes that to grow. So all of that to say is we just need to focus on the connecting points. We need to get to where we focus on the connecting points. In the body, we call that exercise. We call it nutrition. We call it getting good sleep, right? We call you care for your body. If you care for your body, what happens? We think we're going to get to live a long time. If we don't care for our body, what happens? We end up dead in a box, right? It's a little bit too late to be thinking once you're dead and in a box, you know what? I think now would be a good time to start working out. No, it's too late. You'll miss the boat because you're in the box. You're dead, right? Now, what do you have to do? You have to strengthen. You have to nurture your body before it breaks down, right? The same is true in relationships, you guys. You fix your marriage before it needs fixing. Hey, guys, don't wait till it's broken. Don't wait till the engine falls out from under the car onto the ground. Change the oil. Let's do some preventative maintenance on our relationships, Right? If I had a campfire and I were in McCall, what do you do to keep the campfire burning? You add a log to it. Some of us just need to get to the place in our relationship where we're adding logs to the fire. Some of you are moms and dads in this room. Work on your relationships with your kids. Don't wait. Spend time with them now. Nurture that relationship. My hope is today that you'll think through some of the most important relationships that you have and you'll begin to take that perspective of, you know what? They're not as healthy as they should be. And I need to get to the place where I make that important again. So sir, madam, don't wait too long. Hear me out. Don't wait too long. Throw a log on the fire in your relationship. It's good preaching, Pastor Rhett. Thank you. Appreciate it.
All right, second one is going to do this. You ready? Second one we need to do, here's the decision. We need to restore my broken relationships. See, there are some broken relationships that need to be restored. To which some of you, you're feeling the pain of that this morning. Let me say this very clear. The pain of an unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of resolving it. I'll say it one more time. The pain of an unresolved conflict in your life is greater than the pain of actually resolving it. And I just want to urge you, listen, just do your part. Just do your part. Because here's the thing. Most people on the other end, they're not going to cooperate, okay? Most of the times they don't. But as far as it depends on you, look at what Romans 12 says. Let's do what Romans 12, verse 17 through 18 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. It's like, you know, they were bad to me, but I'm not going to be bad back to them. Instead, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you and me, in other words, and I'm not even going to bring them into the equation on whether or not they're going to play ball or not. But as far as it depends on you, here it is. Live at peace with everyone. And living at peace with everyone is a great decision to make. And you know what? Just getting to the place I'm going to forgive people. I'm just going to be that person that just doesn't hold on to it. I know what you're saying. Is it past red? It's not that easy. Really, it, it's not that easy. You ready for this? It really is that easy. You know why? Because it's a choice. It's a decision. Resolving conflict is not an event, you guys. Resolving conflict, no, 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 it's not an event. It's a choice. It's an absolute choice, and you need to make it. I love this story of a husband and wife who had been married 50 years, had their 50th wedding anniversary. The entire family was there. And one of the granddaughters asked her grandma, I said, Grandma, how in the world did you stay faithful to him for over 50 years? What was the secret to that? And she's like, well, darling, that's simple. Mary, that's easy. I just decided to make a list before we got married, a top 10 list of the 10 most annoying things that he would ever do. And then I would just, you know, just forgive him of him. Right? And she was like, well, Grandma, can you tell me what the 10 were on that list? Right? And she said, you know, I never made the list. I never made it. I just thought every time he did something stupid, that's just one of those that were on the list. It's like, wow. And why not? Why can't we live that way? Why can't we get to the place to go, you know, lucky for you, <laughs> that's just one of those that, that are on the list. I'm going to make the choice. Ah, lucky for you, it's just one of those things that were on the list. Number three, the third thing that I feel like we need to decide to do, somebody here today, is to sever any harmful relationships. To sever any harmful relationships. Some of you are in some harmful relationships that are absolutely no good for you. You know what I'm talking about. It's that flirtatious relationship at work. It's that private message you're getting on Facebook and you're married. Some of us are at a place like, I just don't know what to do, Let You ready for some wisdom today? Here it is. This is what you do. Okay, you ready? Pull out your cell phone right now. Text them and say, Pastor Rhett said, it's over! Exclamation point, exclamation point. 
and then delete their phone number from your phone and change your phone number. Do whatever you got to do. But you need to sever some harmful relationships in your life. You just got to get to the place of, man, I'm not going to have this junk in my life. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Guys, some of us work in work environments where the talk can get a little bit sleazy, if you will. You know what? You got to make the decision to go, you know what? I love you, fellas, but I ain't got time for this junk in my life. I'm going to sever this relationship. Look at what Proverbs 27, 19 says. Some of you are thinking, well, is it really that critical? Yeah, God says a lot about it. Proverbs 27, 19, a mirror reflects a man's face. But what you really look like is shown by the kind of friends you choose. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you'll show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's a fact, Dax. That's a fact. Parents, if I've learned something over 25 years, you want to know what your kid's future is going to look like? Look at their friends. Look at who they're hanging around, who they're doing life with. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Look at what Proverbs 13, 20 says. He who walks with the wise grows wise. This is why I want you in a small group. This is why I want you in relationships, for somebody to have your back, to encourage you, to lift you up, to be there for you, so they can pray with you and help you through life. Because you're going to be a lot better off doing that. Look at the rest of the verse. It says, than being with a companion of fools. Because why? Why? Because if you don't have relationships in your life, you're going to end up like me. You're going to end up on Shark Week at Shark Bake, hurt, wounded. You're going to suffer harm. And I don't want you to suffer harm, and God doesn't want you to do that. The Bible is very clear. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. No. Let me say what this word yoke means. It doesn't mean not hanging out with them. It just means don't have such an intimate, common fellowship with them to where they're actually influencing you more than you're influencing them. It doesn't mean you can't hang around them. No. We're called to be light. We're called to be the salt of the earth. We have to be around them. We just don't need to be that close. Amen? For what do righteousness, wickedness have in common? What can fellowship and light have with darkness? Nothing. No, they can't. It's obvious, right? You have to sever it. And hey, young people, some of you need to make the decision. Don't wait on your mom and dad to dog you out about it. You just need to make the decision. I'm not going to be that way anymore. I don't want my life to end up like that, so I'm severing this relationship. Number four, some of us need to make the decision to initiate some meaningful relationships. Initiate some meaningful relationships. In other words, it's like you don't have them yet. You don't have these meaningful relationships, but you need them right? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, they may not exist in your life right now, but they should. And I want to give you four areas that if you don't have four relationships in your life, that I believe you need to take a step towards one of these four in order to have these meaningful. Step one, Relationship number one is this. First link, relationship with a church. With a church. Not going to a church. You need a relationship with a church, and that's a huge difference. And here's the thing. You ready for this? It doesn't have to be this one. It doesn't have to be this church. But some of you, you just need a life-giving place to be a part of. And our hope and our prayer is that you get connected to a life-giving 
church. I like to say it this way. If you'll give us a year of your life, I promise you at the end of the year, if you get involved in everything that we're doing by joining a group, by getting on a team, by discovering your purpose, your life may not look like exactly where you want it to ultimately be in a, in a year from now, but I promise you this, it will look a lot different than it did in the moment that you've walked in here now. So you don't have to be in this group, in this church, but get in a life-giving church. And there are a lot of them. i got five pastors right now. If you want to know who they are, I'll give you their names. I'll give you the church name, and you can get connected with them. Great churches. Number two, you need to get in a relationship with a small group. With a small group. And it doesn't have to be one of our groups. You just need a life-giving place you can do life with. And small groups launch today. You can go online to www.olc.church forward slash groups. Small groups aren't something we just do, you guys. It's who we are, man. It's all about relationships. Life change happens in relationships. You need to be in a group. You know, UCLA did a study. I love this. This is Secular University. It says human beings need at least eight to ten touches to be healthy in their life. That's not a church saying that. That's UCLA saying that. You need eight to ten church. So I thought what we could do here today, if you all want to stand up, maybe hug a stranger. No, don't do that. Just kidding. Don't do that. That's weird. Some of you are thinking, man, I ain't ever coming back to this church. But now some of you else are thinking, you know what, I'm a little wise. I didn't know they are going to do this meet and greet thing. So I'm going to come back next week, sit by a hot person. That way I can give them a high five. Come on, man. You're going to be strategic with this thing. I get it. It's cool. You just need, I'm being, I'm being funny. But man, we just need people in our life. Just need people in our life. Number three is you need a relationship with a team. With a team. You know why? Because you'll never experience the fullness that God came to give you the fullness of life that Jesus talks about. And so you're making an eternal difference in the life of other people on a team. No one ever did anything great of significance by themselves or alone. There was always people on a team. And guess what? Being on a team is fun. It's fun. And today you have the opportunity to do that. If you want to check out more of what that looks like, today is Growth Track. We're doing a combined step three and four today in our Growth Track room out in the lobby. It's about an hour and 15 minutes today, and it's just an opportunity for you to learn more about who we are, what we do, and how you can be involved on a team making an eternal difference in the life of people in our community. And number four, the last one. last one is you need a relationship with God. Relationship with God. And honestly, this should be the first one, and it really is the first one. So if you'll write the word God in that blank, and then if you'll close your eyes, close your eyes with me, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. You need a relationship. You don't need religion. You need a relationship with God. And honestly, I'm really blown away at the fact that God wants to have a relationship with us. See, He wants to know you. God wants to talk to you. God wants you to talk to Him. If there's a single message that I want you to hear today, it's this. It's that relationship that God wants is miles apart from religion. Religion says, what do I have to do to get to you, God? And God says, I've already done it. I've given you Jesus. You don't have to do anything. You know the beautiful thing about relationships with you guys is, is that it's meaningful. Relationships are fun. They're intimate and they're real. And here's the truth. Only you know whether or not you have a relationship with God today. So you can just be attending church, you can be going through the motions, and if that's you, then you've really missed the best part of this whole thing. And the best part is knowing God. So if you're here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you're like, all right, Rhett, what do I need to do? All you need to do is just simply make a decision. See, he's already shown you love, in an unconditional way through his son Jesus. And all you have to do is just love him back. 
that's what salvation is. It's just coming into a loving relationship, a committed covenant love relationship with God. And it starts with believing in your heart and confessing from your mouth and just saying, I want something real with you, God. I give you my life. So if you're here today and you want to make that decision, it will be the best one you've ever made. Some of you have never made it. Some of you have. You've walked away, but today is your time to come home. I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. We're not going to embarrass you in any way. But if you're here today, like, Brad, I want that relationship with God. I want to make that step. I don't have that. I need that meaningful relationship in my life. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I'm just going to ask that as a step of faith. Maybe just raise your hand so I know who you are. And then I'm just going to pray for you. So on one, today is the day. Two, now is the time. Three, to come home. If that's you, if you just raise your hand, I'd just love to know who I'm speaking with today. Good job. Excellent. Excellent. Best decision of your life. Good job, sir. Ma'am. Way to go. So proud of you guys. Excellent. Why don't you just say these words with me? And it's not the words that matter. It's just the heart connected to it. So just say this with me. Say, God, Thank you for loving me first. Today I want to give you my heart, my life, my all. Forgive me of my sins. Say this, say today I change direction. I'm going to follow you. Come live inside of me and make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. With all my heart, I'm going to serve you with everything. Today, I give you my life. God, I thank you so much for the life change that just happened here today. And God, I pray right now in this moment for just our church family. God, I pray that you give them the wisdom and the revelation, Father God, of the relationships, Father, that maybe they need to sever, the relationships that maybe that need to be restored, some relationships that need to be initiated, and some relationships that need to be nurtured. And I pray that you give them the wisdom in that, and bless them today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, listen, if you made that decision this morning, it's the greatest decision of your life, I would love for you to take out that Connect card that's in your worship guide. Now, on that Connect card, there's a place that says, I committed my life to Christ. And we would love to know that you made that decision. Why? Because we believe that there's a next step. And we want to send you that next step. We just want to send you an email this week letting you know, great job, and what's next. Also, take the time, you guys, there's prayer requests part right there. You can fill that out and drop that in the container as it comes by at the end of service. Hey, One Life family, can we put our hands together for those who made a decision to follow Jesus this morning? Yeah, great job, you guys.